Hello, this is Eddie Duke. Welcome to the weekly podcast at Panther Creek Baptist Church. You know, Jesus Christ is an amazing person. As I look at our culture today, I am convinced the absolute only hope for this world in which we live is Jesus Christ. And every week, I will introduce you to messages that will communicate this hope that we have in Christ. I'm thankful that you've taken the time to catch us here this week. It means a lot to me that you would tune in, and I would love to hear from you. And now, here is this week's broadcast. Uh, we want to start off with uh, a beautiful song. I love that song she just played. We, we were just talking about that. These great old hymns, there's, no, there's nothing better. Uh, this one is uh, another beautiful old hymn, Redeemed. Feel free to sing with us. <clears throat> announcements that we want to go through. One, these beautiful flowers uh, that we have here today, this arrangement, uh, is in memory of William Mercer. Uh, so they were donated by the William Mercer family, so continue to remember that family in your prayers. But um, uh, he loved roses, and and yesterday at the service, it was just beautiful, and beautiful roses. I haven't uh, uh, quite seen them like that, and, and so they were just uh, wonderful. So Continue to remember his family in your prayers. Uh, I did want to let everybody know that uh, I didn't get the newsletter out last night. I'm hoping to get it out tonight. Uh, but in the newsletter, there will be a link uh, that I want uh, everybody to, to kind of pay attention to uh, because we have a baby shower coming up on May 15th. A baby shower for Kristen Gabbert. And everybody's invited, but uh, they will need you to RSVP on that link. And I will have that in the newsletter uh, well, let's hope for tonight. <laughs> so, so we'll keep uh, keep uh, hoping. Um, I did want to let everybody know too that uh, that the Zoom Bible study that we've done over the past year that's gone very very well and it's kind of kept people connected and grounded into a Bible study. Uh, and uh, we just had very a lot of faithful people that have really followed that. That is moving to in person tonight. 
And so it'll be in person here in the Frank List Sunday School classroom. Uh, so we're going to go in person. And uh, we're not starting it tonight, but you will get your books tonight. And the reason why I don't want to hand these out now is because there are two books. Uh, there is a hardback book that you can read and kind of follow through the week. And there's also a study guide that we'll use for the Bible study. Uh, so Sherry will be leading this. Uh, but, uh, but the book is entitled Lies Women Believe. And I do have copies for everybody uh, for this. Unfortunately, the <laughs> here we go. Uh, unfortunately, the book uh, "Lies Men Believe" has not come in yet because there's no lies out there that men believe, right, Joel? So they're trying to find them. <laughs> oh man, thank you all. Nobody laughed at that last really? night. Yeah, wow. I mean it was just so somber. Everybody just uh, everybody was offended at what I said. <laughs> oh, but uh, I'm just kidding. But anyway, thank you for laughing. I really appreciate that. It means a lot to me. Uh, but um, "Lies Men Believe" that book has not arrived yet uh, so but there's copies for women and men and uh, we'll do that bible study together and so um so anyway uh so we will have your copies tonight because I, like i said i think there's at least a week or maybe two that, of the study that we're currently doing that or that they have currently been doing uh so we'll have that available tonight so i think that's all the announcements that i had it is good to see everybody again uh, here this morning so i'll turn it back over to john and crew so thank you Another beautiful old hymn, He Lives. I serve a risen Savior, He's in the world today. I know that He is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer, and just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me, a long life's never away. He lives, he lives, salvation to stormy blast the day of his appearing will come at last he lives he lives Christ Jesus lives today he walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way he lives he lives salvation to Christ the King, 
the hope of all who seek him, the help of all who find. None other is so loving, so good and kind. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. Amen. I mentioned to everybody last night uh, that was here uh, that I don't know what it is. I'm going to blame COVID, uh, but my motor skills aren't what they used to be, <laughs> and I am spilling everything now. Uh, I am, I'm, you know, and I, I carry these big water uh, containers, and I'm constantly knocking it over in my office, and it's not just this. It's coffee as well, and I, I asked people last night, what causes that? And again, I'm going to think I'm going to blame COVID, but I didn't really understand uh, how bad it was until this past week when Blake came up to me. He said, you know those signs that they have at work? in some workplaces that uh, this many days since the last accident, we're going to put that up this day since last spill uh, because that hasn't happened yet. We haven't gone one day without a spill, so, so we'll keep working on that. But uh, we do have some prayer requests uh, today that I want us to remember. Diane Lambert asked me to pray for some family members that she has in Michigan uh, by the name of Nancy and Dallas Putnam. Uh, certainly pray for David Lambert, and I shared the story of David last night. Uh, it's just a very sad story. Uh, David's in room 903 in, uh, in the hospital, and so Diane cannot go see him uh, right now, but just uh, pray for David and Diane. Uh, pray for Angie Leachman, uh, who will be starting chemo uh, here soon, uh, I think this week. Is that right, John? I think uh, so. They did come back on that and say that she would have to do that, and so she will be starting uh, this week. Of course, pray for Daryl Haven. I saw Daryl last night. Uh, Daryl's with hospice and home, and so uh, so continue to pray for him. Uh, pray for um, uh, pray for the Vicky Belcher family. Uh, uh, pray for them and pray for the William Mercer family. I mentioned earlier. Any other prayers, prayer requests that we have today? Yes, thank you. I forgot about Bud. Uh, Bud passed away. What was it? Friday night. Uh, Okay, so Friday night, uh, maybe many of you remember Bud and Margaret, so pray for the Bud Yazer family. Phil, any relation? Uh, I'm guessing there would be, yeah. Always, okay, okay. All right. Any others? Well, I came across a list. I, I promised... Uh, uh, Tony and Kristen and Faith were here last night for the 5 o'clock service. I promised Tony we'd change up the service a little bit today to make it a little bit, um, <laughs> you know, just uh, vary it a little bit so we don't have to sit through the whole thing again. But I did come across a list I didn't get a chance to share last night, a list of things that you will never hear parents say. And, and as I was reading, I, I realized this is kind of dated, but I, I read it and I thought, yeah, that's, it's definitely true. And I want to read some of these that were on here. 
Um, this is something you'll never hear parents say to their kids. I notice all your friends have a hostile attitude, and I really like that. <laughs> I've never said that uh, to any of my children. I've never said this to my daughters. Well, now that you're 13, princess, I want you to start dating older guys. Uh, I've never said that. Uh, number four, uh, why do you want to get a job? I've got plenty of money for you to spend. <laughs> uh, never heard a parent say that. Uh, this is something a mom might say. You know what? Your dad and I are going away for the weekend, so you might want to consider throwing a party uh, while we're gone. Uh, number two, here's my credit card and the keys to my car. Now go crazy. Uh, and the last one, this is what dads used to say. I don't think this really applies so much anymore. Again, this may be a little dated, but uh, well, it looks like I'm lost, so I guess I'll have to stop and ask for directions. Of course, I, I do directions all the time. I just do it on Google now. I never stop and ask anymore. But, uh, uh, but, but one of the things, that, uh, the reason why I share that list with you is because one of the things that you will never hear God say is this. I don't want to have anything to do with you. You can't come back. You've gone too far. You've done too much. God is never, ever going to say that because we looked at last week, what is God like? God is a God who rejoices when we return. So that is what God is like. So we're doing this parable here. And by the way, Charles Dickens once called this parable of the prodigal son. He said it was the greatest short story ever written. The greatest short story he ever read was the one of the prodigal son. And the reason why he would say that is because it has a, a, a whole point to it. You know, we talked about last week that Luke chapter 15, the whole point of Luke chapter 15 is Jesus wanted to show people, this is what I'm like. This is what God is like. And then when we read verse 11 through 32, the pair of the prodigal son, it, it, it's still that same point. But the essence of this is lostness. This is how God deals with with lostness this is how God deals with people who are dead that can be made alive you know and we see it with the lives of two brothers and I want to read uh, just uh, verses 11 through 21 uh, here uh, we're going to talk more about the brother the older brother you know uh, as I was studying this and looking at this we don't talk a lot if ever about the older brother and really where he was at in this whole thing. We talk about the younger brother and the older brother we just kind of give lip service to because he's kind of always around, you know. So we don't talk about him. But really, both brothers were lost. Both brothers were apart from their fellowship with God. And, and maybe we really don't see that. But let's look at it. Beginning with verse 11, it says, He also said, A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate I have coming to me. So he distributed the assets to them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered together all he had and traveled to a distant country where he squandered his estate in foolish living. I've had you underline several places in your Bible. Last week, I had you underline squandered his estate in foolish living. I'd like for you to underline distant country. In some translations, I think it says far country, you know, distant country. We're going to see today what that is. Uh, verse 14 says, after he had spent everything, a severe famine struck that country and he had nothing. Then he went to work for one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He longed to eat his fill from the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one would give him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food? And here I am dying of hunger. I'll get up, go to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired workers. So he got up and went to his father. But while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran, threw his arms around his neck, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. 
I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Let us pray, and then we'll come back to it. Father, I just thank you so much uh, for this day, for this opportunity we have, again, to open up your word. And God, I pray your, your word will do exactly what you promised it will do, Father, for each person here today, God, that it will just convict us, uh, Father, that it will enable us to turn and to return to you where we are uh, right now today, Father, for it's in your name we pray. Amen. I shared this song last year on uh, Facebook and YouTube. During this time, of course, we were shut down um, at this, this, this Sunday closest to this. But this is uh, this April 18th. This is my brother's birthday that uh, been gone for three years now. Uh, Phil knew him uh, from work out there, but a great guy. He was my best friend. So uh, I did this song last year, so I'm going to do it again. You'll have to just bear with me on, on my guitar. If you go come and just stay for the 10 o'clock, you'll have Kyle playing this. So it's going to be a lot better at the 10 o'clock, but uh, just a couple songs here I want to share. Um, you know, you miss them, but you know, uh, you know they're with the Lord, and, you, and you're going to see them again. I know your life on earth was trouble. Only you could know the pain. You weren't afraid to face the devil. You were no stranger to the rain. Go rest high on that mountain. Son, your work on earth is done. Go to heaven shouting. Love for the Father and the Son. Oh, how we cried the day you left us. We gathered round your grave to grieve. Wish I could see the angels' faces when they hear your sweet voice sing. Go rest high on that mountain. Son, your work on earth is done. Go to heaven shouting love for the Father and the Son. Go rest high on that mountain. Son, your work on earth is done. Go to heaven shouting love for the Father and the Son. little sad song there so why don't we uh we look forward to that wonderful day when we're going to meet him on the other shore i know he's up there with my dad my oldest brother they're they're all up there waiting on us
So I uh, just can't wait to get up there and rejoice with them and worship the Lord. So let's 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 brighten this one up a little bit. How about that? There's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar. For the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore shore we shall sing on that beautiful shore the melodious song of the blessed and our spirit shall sorrow no more not a sigh for the blessing of rest in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore in the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore i messed up the guitar part but you get the gif don't you (laughs) thank y'all Thank you, John. That was awesome. Thank you so much. So <laughs> oh. You know, I believe uh, something is happening at Panther Creek. I believe we're going through uh, something that maybe a lot of people don't even realize or recognize. One of the things that we saw last week as we talked about this story is that when the son returned to the father, who was rejoicing when the son did that, things began to happen in his life. Things began to change. I mean, he got a robe, he got a ring, he got sandals on his feet, but restoration took place as he returned to God. And so today, I believe that is happening. I believe that's happening at Panther Creek, and I'm going to share something with you here in a moment, but we're just going to go through three points here rather quickly, but I want us to see here this idea of the distant country. What is this distant country? You know, nothing is mentioned here, and it's not a specific place like Boston or Los Angeles or Chicago. The far country, the distant country that this passage is talking about is a place that represents any time we are out of fellowship with God. Any time that we are far from God, wherever we are, whatever it is that we're doing, any separation from God is going to wind up In the distant country, that is where we are when we're out of fellowship, when we're apart and away from God. That is the distant country. And both of these brothers found themselves, even though one is mentioned at being in the distant country, both brothers were in the distant country. You say, Eddie, how do you know that? Because both brothers were distracted. Anytime we get distracted on what we really need to be here for, that is a door to the distant country. Let me tell you what I'm talking about here. Let's look again here uh, in verse 13 where it says, he, he, the younger son gathered together all he had and traveled to a distant country. Again, this is part from God. Well, how did he get there? Well, in verse 12 it says, the younger of them said to his father, father, now watch the pronouns here that he uses, father, give me the share of the estate 
I have coming to me. So three times there, his focus is on, okay, this is all about me. You know, that's pride. That's when it gets in the way, and that's when we get distracted. So we see with the younger brother, what took him to the distant country? It is because he lost his focus on really what he needed to be doing, and it was all about him. Now let's look at the older brother, because in verse 29 it says this. This is the older brother talking to the father. But he replied to his father, look, now watch this. I have been slaving many years for you, and I have never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me a goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. So again, you see the same language that the younger brother used, because both of them are where? Both of them are in a distant country, and next week we're going to talk a little bit more about this older brother. But both of them are in a distant country. Both of them are far apart from God. Both of them are out of fellowship with God. How do we get back from this distant country? Because I know, and you know, no matter what it looks like, we can look like the younger brother, we can look like the older brother. We find times when we're out of fellowship with God. How do we get back to where God is? How do we move past this time of distraction and get back to where God is? Well, there are three R's that I want us to look at very quickly on the back of our card. The first R is to realize, if you want to write that down, realize, uh, because the Bible says here in verse 17, and we talked about this last week, when he came to his senses, the Bible says that he was working with pigs, he was in the pigsty, he was in feeding the pigs, the food that the pigs was eating was even looking really scrumptious to him. So he started eating the food that the pigs were eating. He was in all this mess with the pigs stepping on him, stepping over him. And at that point, he decided, this is not the life that I was made for. And when we look at our life and see where we are apart from God and realize, look, this is not the life that I know that God had in mind. Guess what is happening then? We are coming to our senses. We are realizing that we are not where we need to be. And that is the first step to coming back to God. That is the first step in returning to God. It begins with the realization. Now, I, I need to tell you, you don't have to get to that point. We really don't. There are times that maybe you may not be quite there, and I hope you're not. I hope you're not in with the pigs yet. But, but, but a lot of times, that's where it happens first. But any time we realize that we're apart from God, and this is where our life has brought us, that is the first step to return to God. The second step to return to God is to repent is to repent. Look with me here again at verse, um, let's go with uh, verse 18. Verse 18 says, I'll get up, go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. So what he's doing here is he's confessing. One of the things he's doing, first of all, he's acknowledging that his sin has taken him away from his father. His sin has taken him away from God, and he wants to return. He wants to repent. That's exactly what repent is. It's when we realize we're going in the wrong direction, and we need to turn back to God. That is repentance. It is the second step to returning to God. But let's face it, it's not going to do us any good 
if we just repent and say, God, forgive me of my sins, and we never change the direction of our life. Is that true? I mean, wouldn't we all agree with that? I, I came to grips with this with Saul in the Bible, and I've shared this with several of you. You know, Saul was always an enigma to me for many years. As I looked at Saul, I scratched my head and couldn't really quite figure God out. Because as you look at God, and as you look at Saul, isn't God, I mean, we've already talked about this, God is a God, and what he's like is that he wants people to return to him. He rejoices when people to return to him. And so what do we see with Saul's life? We see Saul making mistakes. We see Saul doing the wrong thing and then wanting to come back to God over and over again. He does the wrong thing. He wants to come back to God. And then the last time, do you remember the last thing that Saul did? The last wrong thing that he did, he came to Samuel and he said, you know, okay, yeah, I messed up. Let's go to God, I'll ask forgiveness, we'll worship Him, and everything, I don't know if I can say this, everything's going to be hunky-dory. Can you say that? And so Saul, he came back to Samuel, and he said, okay, Samuel, uh, we're going to, to worship God, and we're going to ask forgiveness. And Samuel said, no, no, you know, you're going to lose your throne, it's over, Saul. So I look at that, and I think, man, why didn't God forgive Saul like He always promises that He will? And I realized, you know what, Saul never had a heart of repentance because Saul never really returned to God. It was just always like Saul wanted to fix things because he wanted the things to be okay. He never wanted to be on everybody's bad side, so he'd go to God and say, okay, let's all be happy now, you know. But he never had a desire really to follow God, and that is the difference. It is our heart. Man, if we just ask for forgiveness, but we never really have a desire in our heart to follow God, what good is it? So, so I think the most powerful words that we find in this passage are these. In verse 21, uh, I'm sorry, in verse 20, the Bible says, So he got up and went to his father. He returned. You know, he repented, and then he returned. That is the way we get back to God. We realize, we repent and then we return. And I, I, I realize, guys, that in order for us to really make a difference as a church, in order for us to really make a difference as, as people following the Lord, we can't lose sight of these three words. Realize, repent, and return. That is what we're about as a church. It really is. And, and I'll tell you why I say that. I shared this last night, and I've been, oh, and actually, if you heard this last night, there is more to the story, so there's the rest of the story part of this, uh, but over here in this section, back where Gerald and Diane are sitting, uh, we, had, uh, we had a lady come about two years ago. Her name was Catherine Haven. Catherine came as a result of, of a movie night. Uh, we had Cinco de Mayo. We did I Can Only Imagine. Uh, so we put it out on the board, you know, hey, we're going to have movie night. She came with a few other ladies. Uh, they didn't come together. They just kind of showed up. We had people, guests outside the church that showed up. And, uh, and so we talked to two of the ladies, and two of the ladies had a church home. I don't know where it was they were going. Uh, and everything was fine. But Catherine did not have a church home. She was looking for a place to come to church. And so we told her, hey, come next Sunday. The following Sunday, Catherine showed up. Not too long after Catherine shows up, she raises her hand during prayer request time. Do you remember this? Catherine said, I want you to pray for my husband, Daryl. Pray for my husband, Daryl. And so after the service, I went out in the lobby, and I, I said, you know, we'll be praying for your husband. I said, what's going on? And she said, well, my husband doesn't come to church. My husband doesn't believe in God. He doesn't want anything to do with God. 
So, so he's, he's been like this all his life, and I've prayed for him, and I would love for him to come to church. Actually, we prayed for Daryl, and guess what? Daryl showed up a couple times to church, just a couple times. I never got a chance to talk to Daryl. I'd go out and see him, you know, go out and try to visit him, never caught him at home. And so, but, it, but every once in a while, Catherine raised her hand. She said, would you pray for my husband, Daryl? And I knew exactly what she was talking about up until a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, Catherine raised her hand. She said, would you pray for my husband, Daryl? She comes to the 10 o'clock service. Her daughter, Tina, has joined her. You know, every Sunday, they're here. Every Sunday we have in person, they're here. She raised her hand. Would you pray for my husband, Daryl? After the service, I said, yeah, we've been praying for Daryl. I know, just hang in there, Catherine. I know he'll come to church one day. I just know he's, she said, no, it's not that. She said he went to the hospital this past week. She said they ran some tests. They think it's cancer. They're going to run some more tests, and and I just want you to pray for him. I said, you know what, Catherine, I will come by and see him tomorrow, you know. And so I went by their house. They live out in Livermore. I went by their house, and, and they were home. They went to a doctor's appointment, so I didn't get a chance to talk to Daryl. This past week, on Tuesday, I get a call from Catherine and Tina on Tuesday night, uh, the daughter and, and mother, and, and they both call and say, yeah, Daryl's in the hospital. He came in ICU. He passed out, and they run some tests on Wednesday Catherine said they found the cancers in the brain, the cancers throughout his body. He's not going to make it. And, uh, Eddie, I'd like for you to come and talk to him. And I said, I'd love to, Catherine, but they want me in the hospital right now. You know, I've only had one vaccine. And she said, Eddie, I'll talk to him and see if you can come and tell him you're our pastor. And, and so she did. And so she called me back Wednesday. She said, you can come Thursday if you want. And I said, and Thursday morning, she said, we've got him in a room in ICU. Can you come today? And I said, yes, I'll be there. I'll tell you what, I'll be there at 1 o'clock because they were going to move him at noon. I said, I'll come at 1 o'clock. And she said, okay. So I went to the desk, and I went to the desk, and I said, I'm here to see this person. They said, you can't see this person. You only had one vaccine. And I said, well, they called me, and they want me to come. They said, who's the patient? And I said, it's Daryl Haven. And they said, let us do some checking. They checked and said, yes, absolutely, you can go see him. And, uh, and so I went in the elevator, got up on the second floor. Catherine met me at the elevator. Right when I got off the elevator, she said, I want you to follow me. We went to that little consultation room that they have in the lobby there on the second floor. It was packed full of Daryl's family. There were brothers, sisters there, husbands, wives. Everybody was in that room. And, and I, it, was just, it was just heavy. It was just a heaviness in that room. And I just asked, can we pray? I said, let's pray. I said, I know this has got to be hard. I said, so let's pray right now. And so I led them all in prayer, and then, and then Catherine said, well, we better go on into the ICU and go on in and talk to Daryl. And I said, okay. And as I'm turning to talk to her, she, she, she whispered in my ear, he had a stroke this morning, and he can't talk uh, very well. Uh, his left side is affected, and that was because of the cancer, but, uh, but you can still talk to him. I said, okay. So, uh, so as I'm following her out the room, somebody grabs me by the arm, and I turn around. It's Daryl's brother, Tommy. And Tommy looks at me and he says, I've been talking to my brother for all my life. He said, all my life, I've been wanting my brother to come to know the Lord. And he won't listen to me no matter what I say. She said, he said, if you're going in there with him now, would, would, could I go with you? And I said, absolutely. So we went in, the three of us together. When I went in, Daryl sitting, laying up in the bed. And he looked up at me and he said, hello. And I said, hey, Daryl, how you doing today? And he said, I'm not doing very good. And I said, well, Daryl, you look good. And he did. His color really looked good. And I said, Daryl, you look good. And I said, now, Catherine has filled me in on everything that's going on. And I said, has the doctor talked to you? You know what's going on, Daryl? And he said, yeah. He said, it's not good. And I said, well, Daryl, Catherine thought you might have some questions today for me. 
let me uh, let me share something with you that I missed. Uh, before I went in there, I called Shirley Trunnell on the phone because Shirley Trunnell is our prayer coordinator. And I said, Shirley, would you pray for me? Because I'm getting ready to go into something. I have no idea what I'm getting ready to face. And I said, here's a person who doesn't know the Lord and he doesn't want anything to do with God. And I said, I just need somebody praying for me now. And Shirley said, absolutely. Well, Shirley called Lisa. <laughs> Shirley called Joanne Chenault. And they all prayed together. So I go in there and I said, Daryl, Catherine said, you might have some questions. He said, no, I don't really have any questions. And I said, well, I said, Daryl, if I were in your position, if I were laying in that bed and I knew what you know now, that barring a miracle, you don't have much time here on this earth, I'd want to know, is this all there is? I'd want to know if this life was all that there is. And he said, I want to know that. I would love to know if this life is all there is. And I said, well, Daryl, I'm here to tell you today, it's not. It's not. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, there is much more. That death is really only the beginning, Daryl. <laughs> it is the beginning to eternal life with God. And I said, Daryl, would you like to know that? And Daryl said, yes, I would. Now, i got to be honest with you. I thought for sure Daryl was going to put up an argument. I thought for sure, knowing what it'd be, and dealing with people before who don't believe in God, I knew for sure at that moment that Daryl was going to argue with me, but he didn't. Daryl said, I want to know. I want to know for sure that I'm going to heaven. And I said, well, Daryl, let's pray. And Daryl said, I don't know how to pray. He said, I've never prayed. I said, I'll tell you what, Daryl. I said, you know, Catherine was behind me. His brother Tommy was over here on the other side. I said, Catherine's going to hold my hand. She's going to hold Tommy's hand. I'm going to hold your hand, and I'm going to pray, and you just repeat after me. And we prayed, and I prayed for sin, the sin in my life. I prayed for that Jesus would forgive that sin, that Jesus loves us so much. And Daryl repeated everything that I said, prayed the sweetest prayer I think I've heard. When we said amen, I looked into Daryl's face. He was beet red. And he said, you know, I haven't lived a very good life. And I said, but we can come back to God, Daryl. And I said, God forgives you now. And I said, these two people in this room, they have been waiting so long for this moment because they want to know that they can see you again after this is all said and done. Daryl said, I would like that. I would like that. And we prayed for a little while. And, uh, and then I went back out into uh, the hallway, and I had, I had Catherine on this arm and, and Tommy on this arm, and they're hugging me. You know, they're, just, they're so excited. We went back into that room that was so heavy with emotion before, and I just looked at Tina, his daughter, and said simply, Daryl Haven just surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. And that room was filled with joy. What was mourning before turned into joy. Now, Daryl's status has not changed. Daryl is not long for this earth. Barring a miracle, Daryl will not be alive very long at all. But his eternity has changed. His destination has changed. You know, the story doesn't end there. I made a little time. So last night, I go see Daryl after the 5 o'clock service because I didn't know how long Daryl really is going to have. I was going to put it off to today. And I said, you know what? I need to go see him. So I walked in. Catherine and Tina are there. And Catherine and Tina looked at me, and they said, he's asleep. I said, well, I don't want to bother him. I said, you know, I just wanted to come here. And, and Daryl heard me <laughs> at the door, and he called for me. I, I, if, if you didn't know Daryl before, 
there has been such a change in this man. He called for me. We went back in his bedroom. He lifted up his hand where I could grab his hand and we could hold hands. And he said, I want to thank you for coming today. He said, I'm going to be at church tomorrow. Catherine shook her head. She said, no, he's not going to be at church tomorrow. He said, but I'm going to be at church tomorrow. He said, but I just want you to pray with me now. And we prayed together. And it was just such a sweet spirit in that room. We come back into the family room. Catherine and Tina sit down and they look at me and they say this. We want to join our dad, my husband. We never knew what it was to follow Jesus Christ. We've been living our lives. You know, we, we've never followed Jesus. We've never surrendered our life to Jesus. Would you pray with us now? Because we want to surrender our life to Jesus Christ tonight. Catherine and Tina surrendered their life to Jesus Christ last night. So, yes, I know. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And, and I say this to let us know this is why we're here. Let's not ever lose sight. And I'm sorry, as your pastor, I have been distracted. And, you know, we can say, oh, well, Eddie, it's been a long year. But no, that's no excuse. I have been distracted. I have gone to a distant country and I have forgotten what a pastor is for. I have forgotten what a church is for. Let's make no mistake. I care about the things that are going on in this world. I care about justice. I care about the wrong that we see in this world. I care about that. But our mission as a church will always be that people will come to know Jesus Christ, that people who are lost can be found, that people who are dead can be made alive. That is our mission. Remember what Paul said? What is it going to gain us if I gain the whole world and I lose my soul? What have we really gained if we're promoting all these social agendas? And I'm not saying that they're not important. But let me tell you this. As we follow Jesus Christ, the Bible says we become salt and light for the earth. And that is how we make a change in people's lives as we're following Jesus Christ. So let's not be distracted. Let's not forget why we are here we are here so that this world may know the hope of jesus christ and that we will not do things and forget that people like daryl haven are going to hell and that will be our priority from here on out that we will reach this world for jesus christ let us pray as with every head bowed and every eye closed here today Maybe you're like me. Maybe you'd say here this morning, you'd say, you know what? <laughs> I feel like I'm in a distant country. I feel like I've been distracted. I feel like I've lost a, a, a sense of our purpose, you know, and why we're here. I wonder if you'd be like me and say, Eddie, would you just pray for me? I want to return. <laughs> I want to come back to what it's all about. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see it. Thank you. Without him I would be drifting Like a ship without a sail Jesus, oh Jesus Do you know him today? Turn him away, oh Jesus.
Father, we thank you so much for your word here today. Uh, Father, I thank you for all that you're doing. Uh, God, I thank you for reminding us again through your word, Father, that you're waiting. Uh, God, you're expecting that people will return to you. And God, you'll rejoice when we return, Father. And God, I pray, uh, God, that we may never lose sight of, of, of why we're here. What, what would it gain us, Father, if we gain the whole world but lose our very souls? Uh, what does it gain us as a church, Father, if we, if we do so many other things but forget, uh, Father, the people around us? God, I just thank you so much for this time. For it's in your name we pray. Amen.